You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there, theater folks, one and all. My name is Josh Mitchell, and this is the We Are Theater podcast. I am joined today with uh, someone I have uh, met in person, which is interesting for me running a podcast because that's something I don't get to do very often. Um, but Tim Dolan, hello, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you? I am so excited to have you here. Um, as I said, it's been nearly 10 months to the day since we last had our conversation and um, what a 10 months has been. <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels, um, it feels like eight years ago uh, in many ways. Um, I was like, Ooh, Broadway Con was only January. That was 10 months ago. Holy crap. Yeah, this is like November is when we should be prepping for the next Broadway Con. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't I don't think I've seen any postings that it's definitely not happening, but I don't think it's happening. Oh, it's just like it's been an intense. I was reading through um for anyone that wants to do some interesting reading, there's a timeline of the COVID pandemic on Wikipedia. And I was reading through it and just how we underestimated like the reportings here from like the time we were at Broadway con, which is uh, yeah. January 24th to 26th. I think it was yeah. everything was, everybody was just so chilled. They were like, Oh cool. Let's just close down China and that'll be fine. And that like, it's yeah, just, I don't think the world or at least anyone like in our, um, in our time, really, I mean, of course, there was the Spanish flu of 1918, which many people reference, but in America, but um, I don't think there's any, there was anything to compare it to that would really be on this grand of a scale. I mean, I had tour operators that we work with because we work with lots of large groups on our tours. I had people up until like March, you know, 8th and 9th that were like anything in New York. And I was like, ah, I mean, we've had a couple of cancellations internationally, but for the most part, you know, everything's pretty normal here, maybe a couple masks, but nothing crazy. And then of course, March 12th was when everything on Broadway closed and um, it just blindsided uh, me and everyone else. Um, yeah, it's, it's it must be wild to look at that timeline and be like, yeah. it was there, it was coming, but we weren't, we had no idea. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know, um, Tim, do you wanna just run through what you do with Broadway Up Sure. Yes, yeah, so I, we started in 2010. I'm an actor by trade. Uh, mainly, I do musicals. Um, we uh, our schedule. A lot of people 
you know, think it's say it's instable or there's a lack of stability. And I say there's a, an emphasis on flexibility. It's a it's an interesting schedule where you work at night or you're auditioning during the day. And so you have a lot of time in your schedule to do other things. And financially, it can be all over the place. So instead of waiting tables being the cliche job that every actor does, um, 10 years ago, I started a tour company where we stand you in Times Square. We tell you all the things you didn't know, you didn't know that you really want to know about the 41 Broadway theater history, ghost stories, all the inner workings, uh, architecture, money, society, anecdotes. Uh, really, we cover about everything uh, on our tours. We have five exterior tours that we offer, three that uh, focus on the theaters, one that's called the Ghost Light Tour, which is the Haunted Theaters, the Hamill Tour, uh, the tour where it happened, which is all the sites of, of course, Hamilton the Musical. And then in October, we opened our first interior tour, which is of the oldest Broadway theater, Hudson Up Close, working with the Hudson Theater team, um, who's an incredible, incredible team who runs that theater. We partnered with them to do fully uh, immersive interior, you know, most of the time we go on stage, stand on a Broadway stage for many people for the first time tours. And we just opened that in October to great success, thankfully, but then of course, uh, everything shut down in March. And then in April of last year, I opened, um, of 2019, I opened a gift shop in the middle of Times Square with a six foot tall Broadway marquee sign of big marquee letters and 150 light bulbs that spells out our favorite word, which is Broadway. And so that has been my main source of income during all of this, which is, uh, you know, taking the entire gift shop that's closed, currently standing in front of the Lion King and moving the entire thing online. Uh, and then as if we don't do enough, we also offer classes for student groups called our Broadway of Closer workshops where a student group comes on a tour and then they go and dance with someone or meet someone from a show they're seeing. Uh, and so we, we do a lot of those in the springtime when the student groups are coming. So we've, we started with just one singular idea of uh, stand on the sidewalk and tell a story. And that has kind of blossomed into a, a full um, umbrella of what we call many Broadway experiences. I love that. And guys, if you haven't been on one of Tim's tours, I haven't, unfortunately, I will put my hand up and be the first one to say that that'll be the first thing I do when I come back to New York. Please jump on um, and check that out. Links will be in the description box below. Um, it is awesome. Um, being the the history nerd that you are, being yes. on the ground when things were closing down, what was that experience like? Knowing like, oh, this is one of those moments where people are going to look back on it and yeah, it, um, it had a moment of, of maybe this won't be as bad as we think, but let's take the precaution. So there's a moment of how bad is this, a, a mild awareness. But for the most part, everything just started happening so fast that it was, uh, I was just struggling to kind of adapt and, and keep up. In 10 years, we've probably had 10 people cancel in 10 years. In in one hour, you know, I think I had 50 cancellations in an hour. And then by the end of the four days, I had refunded almost everyone um, for the next two months of tours because that was the initial deadline. And so you're on the ground just kind of watching money and watching all of this slip through your fingers as fast as humanly possible, like sand and you can't catch it. And then you're looking around and you're seeing, you know, your friends who are in shows in that moment you know, leaving their theaters or walking down the street or stopping by and being like, I don't know, we're not stage dooring anymore. And I guess now we're going to close for a couple of weeks. And so seeing that kind of uncertainty, and then I'll, I'll never forget closing our gift shop that Sunday um, was a, was a weird moment, not knowing when we were going to reopen, how long this would go on and just kind of 
locking it up and going, all right, uh, (laughs) or fingers crossed. Yeah, I don't know. So it was a it was a weird moment. And, you know, while all of this is happening, I'm surrounded by 330,000 people standing in the middle of Times Square. So you're still seeing people. Most are not wearing masks. Yeah. Um, You know, all my staff, we started to just, you know, you're bathing in hand sanitizer and and all of this. But even then, I don't think that even that that weekend where Broadway shut down and all of these theater goers were stranded in Times Square with nothing to do. So some came on our tours or some bought merchandise. Um, you know, I, I don't even know if that weekend we were wearing masks. I, th- I think even then still yeah. it wasn't it wasn't what it was. Uh, and then, of course, by two weeks later, of course, it became this crazy thing. It's insane how quick like we how much uncertainty there was even around the world because like i remember standing at closing night of six here in sydney and i had a literal discussion with somebody being like there's no signs of it here and then the next day it was everywhere and it's just like yeah yeah i mean there were news reports here that was like a guy on the l train tested positive so anyone who uses the l train go you know keep an eye out and i was like i remember watching this report and being like well i mean on one train there's thousands of people what do you mean if you've taken the l train and this one guy you know and then within days it was basically here's a hot spot here i remember it was new rochelle was north of the city that was the first like there was 10 set up in a parking lot and you know i don't know and then just from there it was like the dominoes fell and they fell very fast and with the shutdown came the the weird side of an empty Times Square. So what was that like seeing that for the first time? Like usually you get that at kind of 2, 3 a.m. in the morning where you're lucky probably to see six people in there, but yeah. to walk through Times Square in the middle of the day and have nobody there. Yeah, it was, um, you know, a lot of New Yorkers, they, it's a badge of pride. They hate Times Square because of yeah. the tourists. I love Times Square. Um, it's my entire life the magic and still a lot of it and even now on november 16th as i'm telling you this a lot of the magic is was gone is gone um and i think the magic is theaters and theater goers and 40,000 people descending you know eight times a week on that those 10 blocks so that there was a sense of lawlessness there was a sense of 1960s 1970s cd times square where a lot of new yorkers long with nostalgia of these days and I, I just look around and I, you know, the magic is gone and it, it, it will come back certainly, but um, it, it, it made me, I don't know. I had a lot of clin- conflicted feelings. I didn't love it uh, yeah. if I can um, be so bold. It, it, it just, I don't know I, another way to say it other than the magic was gone. And I've had a couple of tour goers who, who live in the, you know, surrounding States that were like, I think maybe I'll come in and visit. Is it worth it? And I'm like, you know, just wait. I, there's nothing, there's nothing. You're not missing anything. There's, um, there's not a lot to do. There's not a lot of places to go to the bathroom, but a lot of stores are closed. It's, you know, other than to say the magic will return, it's just not returned yet fully. And I don't think that'll be until the theaters reopen. You're not missing anything. And if you are missing something, just go to my Instagram and watch me walk around a half empty Times Square and and I'll fill the void until, (laughs) until it fully comes back. I love that. (laughs) Um, So with the shutdown, obviously to keep Broadway up close up and running, uh, you've had to adapt a little bit. So what, has been your process through these last couple of months to kind of 
create content and keep people kind of engaged in your business? Yeah, I um, like most actors where I where I thrive, I think, and where we thrive on our tours is the in-person live performance. So the initial instinct, of course, is let's go virtual, let's bring things online. And I, I was very resistant to that. Um, so we didn't do that initially, I said, but I spent seven weeks truly just kind of heartbroken and, and doing more refunding than I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, so that was the first two months. And then from there was, okay, if this is going to go on, so then I think they extended it to the end of the year. Uh, you know, it said, if this is going to go on for a while, then then let's use this as an opportunity of time to do things that we wouldn't normally do. But there's this word that many businesses put out into the atmosphere, which is pivoting. Um, you got to pivot to stay alive. And for me, a pivot is we're on one track going straight and then we suddenly take a right turn and go in a different direction. And to me, that didn't make any sense. I said, yeah. um, my graphic designer right now is kind of my right-hand man because we're creating so much content, especially physical product and merchandise. I said to him, I think we have to design things and create things and find a way to make money that enhances and kind of uh, emboldens what we're already doing so that then on the other side, whenever we're back up and running fully, this just is an enhancement of what we were already doing. So new merchandise and really, really custom, never before seen Broadway merchandise is where we've been focusing a lot of our efforts. Um, I bought a piece of machinery that is literally this huge laser engraver and laser cutter. And in my apartment, I am woodworking literally next to me in my <laughs> living room. And we're making with my graphic designer, uh, Chris, who's a genius, we are literally just, I have a million ideas of things that I'd always want to see. And you're like, how do you make that? And I was like, I don't know, let's try it. Let's make it in my living room. And then let's find a way to manufacture this that isn't, doesn't feel Etsy and homemade, yeah. feels really polished and really professional, like you would get at a souvenir shop, but has a is imbued with Broadway love and magic and and is handmade. So, you know, we're we're striking that balance. So we we have a whole bunch of new stuff. We have a whole bunch of Christmas ornaments coming out that we've been working on for a while. Picture frames, custom ticket stubs, where we take all the information from your ticket stub, we turn that into a souvenir. Um, and so it's when our gift shop reopens in person, I think it'll be even better because people will be able to see the craftsmanship up close that we can't really, we're doing well, we're selling stuff. People are being unbelievably supportive and getting us through this. Um, but I think even then they're buying it more on a love for me and Broadway up close and the support. And then they get it and they're like, oh my God, this is actually beautiful. I couldn't <laughs> tell from the photo. I just had a belief that you do things and I'm going to buy them, um, which I'm so thankful for. So I think once you put it in Times Square and people can pick it up and pick up a picture frame that is custom and handmade and is there's nothing else like in Times Square, I think, you know, it'll, I hopefully it'll be a home run. And then on the tour <laughs> side of things, non-merchandise side, um, I did a program just to keep me mentally focused on what our mission is, which is spreading these stories about these 41 theaters. We do a one theater a week virtual Broadway tour series, which is free to anyone who follows, and so, follows us on social media. So that will end the final week of February, 2021 is when we'll do the final theater. Um, and then we just worked in collaboration with Playbill uh, for the last couple of months, we've been doing virtual tours, which are 
literally exactly what we do on a sidewalk, but on a computer screen with screen sharing and polls and trivia questions and chat. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I didn't think it was going to work, but it still works. The magic of what we've created on these tours, even through a computer screen still works. So yeah. that um, that has led to our own in-house tours and we still have this collaboration with Playbill. So I'm as busy as I ever was. Um, yeah. I'm, I went from a staff of 22 to essentially just me and my graphic designer. So it's, it's I hustle. The hustle has never been more real here at Broadway Up Close, but um, but mentally it's the creative juices are flowing and it's going to get us through, I think. Yeah, I love that. And I could I could tell you're passionate about this industry and everything like that. So what do you think um, right now, looking at where the industry is with blackouts across the world, uncertainty about return times, things trying to open up and then having to close again. What do you think right now we could look at and be like, okay, we need to adapt this industry in a way that we can move forward and also be prepared for if something like this happens again. We don't have to put hundreds of thousands of people out of jobs worldwide. Is there anything that sticks out to you um, as an industry that we could adapt to make it more viable in the future? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there are things that they are doing, which is some updating of these old buildings and, and HVAC systems. I know that some of the theater owners are doing that. I don't know that they're all doing it, but I, I know a, a sizable chunk of them are from the rumors I've heard. So I think they're doing things like that. Um, at the end of the day, theater is a communal experience in a tight space in an old building, especially with Broadway. Yeah. So I don't know that there's a lot of things you can do to stop something that is airborne person to person contact. Yeah. You know, of course, masks, of course that, but you know, on stage, the performers, everything we do is passionate, is fueled by face-to-face -face contact and human to human storytelling. So, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of great ideas of ways this could have been avoided or ways that we can get back sooner. I think yeah. the the theater owners, from from what I have heard, I haven't, I've only spoken to one or maybe one or two personally, but I think they're they're kind of just waiting. You can't really until there's vaccines and there's more protocol and tourists. I mean, you can't do anything without any people here. So yeah. it would be silly. You know, I, I just saw a thing with the owner of Juniors, the restaurant, who he has two restaurants in Times Square, which thrive when we're not in a global pandemic. And he said, you can't open now. You, there's no people there. You know, it's yeah. a losing battle to reopen too early. Um, so you, you have, I think, the shot. You have a chance to wait it out until it's truly safe and the numbers warrant a strong attempt uh, at safety and efficacy of it going well, and and that's it. And in yeah. the meantime, as a small business, as an actor, you just have to stay sane. You have to stay in it, yeah. um, and whatever that means to you. But as the Broadway adjacent business is how I think of mine, um, you ha we have to just do these things to stay alive so i have a business intact so that when we are back up and running i can hire my staff hopefully give them raises on the other side of this and just hit the ground running and go but until then you're kind of at the mercy of the whole world turning back on i love that that's pretty solid summary of where things are at right now and 
aside from theater shutting down as well during this last 10 months we've had a huge kind of social and political shift as well with the election just happening so um let's start back in july august with the the black right uh, black lives matter movement that came through what was that like um in new york and for you personally what was your kind of intake information overload that you went through during that period yeah all of that i mean i think it's um uh, you know it's such a crazy situation that i as a straight white man i i don't think i knew of course it's a problem but i don't think i knew the depths of the problem yeah. or the people in our industry that had had so many experiences that were because of their race or or all of these things i just I don't know if I was blind to it or it's just not my experience, um, but I there was some guilt there of like, I can't believe I didn't realize. A moment that stands out very tangibly in my mind was I was doing B-roll, uh, taking video footage on my iPhone of the theaters for this social media series. And I was standing in front of the Winter Garden Theater where the opening production was a show called La Belle Paris starring Al Jolson who appeared in blackface and this made him a celebrity, this made him a star, this made him Al Jolson in blackface. At a time in 1911, when that was very socially acceptable, that was part of the industry. And then of course, obviously over the next 20 years, it, it fades out and becomes socially unacceptable. But I'm staring at the walls of this theater where this thing happened. And out of nowhere, truly, I mean, you didn't, I didn't hear anything until suddenly there's an entire protest in between me <sighs> on one side of 7th Avenue or Broadway and and here is the, uh, no, 7th Avenue and here is the Winter Garden in front of me. And in between comes probably a thousand people chanting Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And it was the most emotional moment I've felt through the entire thing, their visceral yells. I mean, I can, I, it gives me goosebumps still. It's It was a call for help, it was a call to arms uh, figuratively. Um, and I, it sticks out in my mind as like, that's, these are people who are, have been wronged and they are trying to make their voices heard literally in the streets. And so to be part of that, I mean, you would wake up and, you know, I live in Hamilton Heights, a subsect of Harlem and I'd be out my window, you'd hear, you know, protests going by. And I don't know, I just think people raising their voices up and making their voices known is, such a great right that we have in America, free speech. And, uh, you know, I think it's indicative of, of how big this problem is. And I hope on the other side of this, once our industry gets plugged back in and we start, the engines start to chug again, I hope we can layer so much of, of this reconciliation or this reckoning in this moment. I hope we can layer a lot of that in. I, I think a lot of the structures of the industry just to get it back on its feet are gonna go right back to what they were. And I hope then we, you know, then we file in this change is my hope. Yeah. Um, and we use this again as an opportunity of this moment where we're all home to understand more of what our fellow neighbor who looks different than us is going through and then apply that to our own industries that are always so inclusive, but maybe not as inclusive as we once thought. Yeah. And I think this was, someone was like, what, someone asked me, I was like, why now? I was like, why not now? Like, yeah. everybody has to listen right now. There's nothing to distract mm -hmm. anything. Like this is the perfect 
time for any issues to arise, not just Black Lives Matter, but absolutely everything in the world because everybody's at home listening and has the time to self-reflect and look at things and be like, oh, okay, I didn't see it that way. Like, let me go and do – I've literally got a book up in my room um, why I'm not talking to white people about race anymore. Um, and yeah. it's just about that mindset that – and it's really opened my eyes. I'm like, oh, like there's a lot of things that, again, I'm the same straight white male. Like it, it's kind of like a, a blurred vision almost that until it's like stuck in your face, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And that guilt really, yeah, I totally understand that. Um, yeah, and it's good. I think it gives you time, especially as of us creative people where we spend so much time being on and with other people. I think it gives you time to self-reflect and to figure out where, if you fit in that conversation at all, where you fit or yeah. to just do kind of some personal soul searching so that on the other side of this, we're all better humans, uh, I yeah. think is all we can really bare bones hope for. Yeah. And being a tour guide in New York City of all places where you're surrounded by thousands of people a day, what was it like to go into that kind of social seclusion and be away from people and have to kind of quarantine and oh not quarantine but like stay away yeah from heaps of people yeah it i don't think i realized how much that was a part of my life um it just was a given that you're surrounded by people the moment you step out your door in new york city you're surrounded by of course 330,000 people a day in times square everywhere you go my life is people, whether I'm on a stage or a sidewalk or at our gift shop, it's people. All I do all day long is talk, excuse me, talk um, to people. And so when you suddenly take all of that away and you yeah. can't go into a theater and you can't connect with people, you know, it kind of leaves this empty shell of um, like, oh gosh, this is very different than how I operated just days, just weeks ago. And I'm not very good or I haven't been very good about social media in the fact of like getting on Insta story and doing Insta stories prior to the, prior to March 12th, I never did it. I never <laughs> thought oh, I'll pull up my phone and I'll record me dropping off these gifts at the post office. I'll never, I never did it. Um, and my staff really said, I think this is a time where you like, you know, put yourself out there a little more personally because you know, if you're, if you're not on a tour, you know, writing an email, it's like, you're not doing it. So I said, okay, I'll try this. And you know, my social media manager is furloughed. So, okay, I have to do it myself anyway. And so there's been a lot of connection that I've found through social media, um, Instagram and Facebook, people have been wonderfully supportive and reactive to what we're doing. Um, we also started this thing, uh, called the paper crane project, which, um, on a whim, once the last extension of things came down, I was feeling really bummed and sad and, and, you know, okay, now the goalpost has moved again and we've got to figure this out. And my friend Jose had sent me some paper cranes, which of course is a Japanese tradition that if you have a thousand paper cranes, a wish comes true. It's a, uh, it's a, in their culture, this is a big thing. And I had read a book years ago about a girl and these cranes. And, and I sat down on my couch, I looked at my dog. I was like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to collect a thousand cranes, put them in Times Square as like hope for our industry. And so I, I started this thing called the Broadway Paper Crane Project, literally on a whim. And I said, here's my address, send me in a crane, write your wish for Broadway's future on it or whatever. I'll collect a thousand and we'll make this big display. What I didn't anticipate is when people would send in these cranes, they would also send in letters and just like what they were doing or what they were going through or what this crane meant to them or 
or the connection they were feeling to New York City through me going to the post office on my Insta story or whatever. And I was saying to my mom, I was like, I, it's really cathartic for me. I didn't anticipate having as many feelings as I have about their reactions because so much of what we do is one-sided and you're just speaking into a computer or a camera or whatever. So it's that there's been so much feedback from people that has made up for the loss of personal in-person connection that in many ways I feel just as connected to even more people around the world uh, than I did before. Yeah. And like seeing that reaction, what's it like to like, you're obviously reading passion essentially on page. What's it like to know that there's like, especially for me, like I have these conversations. I've been running a podcast for those of you that haven't listened to the first episode. I've been running a podcast uh, around six to musical for the last 12 months. And I've been chatting to the, all the performers and crew and all that through this time. And just hearing the passion in people's voices and writing about what this, not only the show, but like the industry means to people, like what is it like kind of reading that and just seeing that raw emotion, especially right now where people are so open um, and just wanting to talk and get things out there. What's it like, what was it like reading those stories? It's really special. Everyone has their own kind of take of where they fit into the industry, uh, especially on the theater going side, as opposed to our theater doing side. So when they have a playbill or a show or a theater or a trip or a, this moment in their lives that really sticks out to them, and we do something that reminds them of that, or some of the cranes, people have taken playbills from shows they've seen and sent those in as their cranes of the shows that they love. So cool. Yeah, it just, it really, um, you see why we're all so insane to be in this world of, uh, of theater and professional theater and Broadway and all of this. You know, it's, it's just a whole bunch of very passionate people on all sides of it who have apparently really great memories. And, um, and, and so if we can't make new memories, we might as well, I guess, cherish the memories that we've had prior to this uh, until we can make new. So it's, it's wonderful. It really, um, I open my mailbox every day and there's a couple of cranes in there, a couple of packages. And it, it, I just, it makes me smile. As of this moment, we're at 974. Um, and so when we hit a thousand, I have made a, um, I've made a, the full crane display will come in the spring when we reopen our gift shop, but I've made what I'm calling um, instead of a wall of fame, it's going to be a ball of fame um, <laughs> modeled after the Times Square ball yeah. um, that I made because this is my life now I'm making things. And so I made a replica of the Times Square ball out of wood. And um, when will this episode come out? Do you know when this will air? Not yet. I don't have a date, but uh, okay, great. if so you're I listening to this, it's out now. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably um, it'll probably yeah it'll probably it'll probably be out before this airs hopefully or if not spoiler here is here's what it's gonna be uh, I haven't told anyone except my graphic designer and now you um, but it's a recreation of the Times Square ball we're gonna paint it silver and then we're gonna engrave all the names of everyone who sent in a crane on this ball and so it'll sit in Times Square and I made a wooden paper crane that'll be green that sits on it like a little butterfly sitting on top of the world and um, and so it'll be what I'm calling our Times Square Ball of Fame with all the names engraved. And then there will be the huge display of all the cranes in some sort of 
I have it in my mind, but we haven't even started talking about building it yet, but some sort of display where you'll be able to walk up and see all of the cranes. So if you sent one in, you could find your crane like in glass. Yeah. And then that'll be at our gift shop as kind of a beacon of hope. We're hoping to open our gift shop. We'll probably open maybe the weekends before Broadway reopens, whenever it reopens. So this will be, should you find yourself in Temp Square before? And then of course, you know, well, I'm sure we'll have it there for at least a year of all the people visiting who sent in cranes yeah. uh, as one little piece of collective good hope and passionate will in the middle of Times Square. I love that so much. Um, perfect way to wrap up this episode is when Broadway reopens, um, yeah. what are you most excited for? I'm, I'm most excited to see 40,000 people descend at, at 8 p.m. On, on the theater district who aren't taking this experience for granted. I think the moment we step back into a theater, it's just gonna be, who knows the, the protocols? The protocols I don't care about. The, will we have masks? That stuff doesn't interest me. What interests me is that we'll all be stepping into a theater and realizing this is a special moment. Yeah. Whether it's the show is garbage or not, it also doesn't interest me. What interests me is that experience <laughs> of communal people sitting into sitting in a theater and having a communal experience where we're no longer looking at each other like weapons or yeah. looking at each other like, could you hurt me with your virus? but instead sharing stories together with people who have been waiting over a year to share that story as they have prior. Yeah. And so I just think that moment, you know, someone was saying when Glinda comes in at Wicked and says, it's good to see me, isn't it? The, the audience will lose their mind, of course. Uh, you know, come from away with this beating of this music, I think. Yeah. You know, six with them live. It's, you know, I just... You, I just, you can see these moments of that first moment Are back. Are you feeling what you're talking about right now? Like you yeah. can kind of, you can feel that like buzz that there's going to, and I'm yeah. seeing Frozen here in Australia in two weeks. It opens here oh, in two weeks on. and it's just going to be, I'm like second row dead center. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Even Tom Schumacher from Disney. I just read this morning. He's in Australia now quarantining before they let him unleash him onto the streets of Australia. <laughs> um, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be glorious whenever it happens. So it'll just be a matter of all of us getting, getting to that, whatever we have to do to get to that moment. And then hopefully, you know, the full industry is still intact. Yeah. And last thing, because that kind of segued into my thought, um, obviously things are in place right now, shifting forward with COVID protocols with President-elect Biden, um, putting things into place. So what was that whole election period two weeks like for you because <laughs> i did not take my eyes off cnn for a solid like yeah, 96 no, hours uh friends were like you have to stop watching it i was like i'm literally making picture friends and ornaments in my living room I, every once in a while i'll take my dog out but really i just sit and watch it was wild it was uh it was it, you know it was a crazy two weeks and it's a crazy two weeks in new york city new york city always kind of heightens every emotion and then when he won, or when they announced he won, that's, I think it was Saturday because I was about to do a, a thing we do on social media live. And I, I suddenly heard this, these cheers. And I looked at Blasco, I was like, what is that? And in your mind, you're like, is it a protest? Is it a, 
You know, is it the 7 p.m. clapping, you know, that was for all the healthcare workers? You get so used to these communal moments that you're like, what is it? And then you're like, oh, it's just people cheering that it's been yeah. announced that Joe Biden is president-elect. And it went on for like a half hour. And yeah. it, you went outside and just people were smiling. I just, a, a weight felt like it had been lifted. Um and it was, you know, New York City, the highs are highs, the lows are lows. If you're having a great day, this city is like all the, all the car horns are honking for you. And yeah. you're walking <laughs> and the streets are paved with gold. And if you're having an awful day, those they're like, get out of my way, you idiot. And they're honking at you because they're trying to kill you. Yeah. And there is really no in between. And so in those glorious moments of celebration, New York City really does it right. The people come together. They are very vocal literally and figuratively about their feelings and it's a fun place to sit in surrounded by this on every side of my apartment walls perfect well tim while we wait for broadway to open that will wrap us up here thank you so much for coming and joining us here at we are theater we uh, really appreciate you spending the time to come and chat my pleasure yeah good luck with this this is um it's a great idea you're a great conversationalist so i'm sure it, i have no doubt it'll do well um and thank you for uh thank you for having me be one of your first guests in this uh, new endeavor in your life no worries thank you so much sir. and for you guys listening at home if you uh don't follow me or tim already please check out the description box below where all our links are you can check out everything uh, to do with Broadway up close over there. I don't have anything cool like merch. I just have social media. So go spend all your money with him <laughs> because it's worth it. Um, and we will see you next week with a brand new episode of We Are Theatre. See you later. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.